I am very glad that Pastor Bob gave me the honor to share the word with you today. And today we're going to be talking about a spiritual commitment. So, during the preaching, you're going to hear this word a lot. Commitment. Commitment. The idea it is that for the rest of the week, you will be only thinking about commitment. Commitment. How committed I am with God's kingdoms. And I would like to uh, read Second Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verse 1 through 7. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty well up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their abilities entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had early made a beginning to bring also to complexion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnest, and in the love we have kindled in you, See that you also exceed in this grace of giving. The context of Corinthians chapter 8 is the offering that Paul is asking for the poor believers in Jerusalem. And Paul is using the Macedonians as an example. In the letters of Paul to the Thessalonians and to the Philippians, you can learn more about this group of churches. What they did was a tremendous thing, which impressed Paul. These people in these churches were fully committed to God's kingdom. The believers of Macedonia impressed Paul tremendously with a dedication. They were fully committed to the gospel. This church showed that their spiritual dedication was 100% sharing the gospel everywhere they go, giving to the church 
and living their Christian life as God tell them how to do it. Now, two questions arise. Where this dedication came from? How was this commitment manifested? Well, in verse 1, we find that the root of their spiritual commitment was due to the grace of God that was given to these believers. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. It was grace. But how was this grace given to them? Well, look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. It says, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you. These people, these believers, they have a great commitment because God has chosen them. And by saving them, God wanted to use them in the kingdom. Therefore, their spiritual commitment as believers was the result of God's own choice. They understood that God had a purpose for, for saving them, and they wanted to fulfill that purpose. Verse 4. They, listen to this, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. These people were begging Paul, we want to help you. We want to be involved in this ministry. When people are committed into something, you don't have to ask for them to do something. They're going to be there without you asking. But if you are not committed into something, even in your own job, your boss is always after you. Checking that you are doing your job because he knows, I cannot trust this person. When the members of the church, they are not committed into God's kingdom, the pastor is the one who is always begging them to help him with his ministry. But not with these people. The major concern was how to serve Christ. How am I going to serve Christ? How am I going to serve my church? And they exceeded Paul's expectation. They gave out of their poverty because 
the sincerity of the commitment that they have with Christ. This forced everybody to ask, are we aware that God is calling each of us in this church? That there is some kind of work in the kingdom of God that God is calling you. There is a ministry. God has a personal calling for you. A task that he wants to use you, not the pastor, not the elders, but you. God has something for you. The Holy Spirit wants to use you and me. Are we aware of that? Donating money to the church, bringing the offering, all those things are good and we need to keep doing it. Coming to church on Sunday, we need to do it. But allow me to tell you, there is something more than just coming to church and putting our offering in the plate. God is calling you for something greater than just coming and show up on Sunday. God has a purpose, a calling for each of us, and it is our responsibility to find out how is God is going to use me? Now, it is important to remember this. That while we are praying to know God's will, we need to live our daily Christian life sharing the gospel. Praying, reading the Bible. As we walk our daily life, God is expecting for all of us to shine. When you are in a school and you are a Christian, God is expecting for you to shine in school. When you are working, When you are doing things that you don't like, God is expecting for all of us to shine, to share the good news of Christ, to be every day fully committed. To Christ. Now, being involved in the life of the church, of the kingdom of God, and being committed are two different things. I know that you know the story of 
the pig and the chicken, right? That they were talking about this program that the church has to feed the hungry. The chicken came to the pig and said, you know, I have a great idea. Why we don't help the church with this program to feed the hungry? And I have a way of doing it, the chicken said. Why we don't provide and bring to the church eggs and bacon? The pig listened to her say, I fully agree with helping the church feed the hungry. But there's a problem. And the chicken asked, what is the problem? That for you, it is just a involvement. For me, it's a total commitment. And they're Christian like that, like the chicken. They will participate in some activities that they like, that they feel comfortable. As long as those activities don't bring them out of their comfort zone, they are willing to do it. But fully committed, like the pig, you don't see it. You see, being a Christian, it is a hard job. It is a job. It is a full-time job. With the difference, you cannot call sick. You cannot take time off. You cannot say, listen, Christ, I'm going to take a vacation from this Christian life because there's too many things here. I need to relax. It is a full-time job. That we need to do it every day of our life. Every second. And a committed Christian. He has to be committed in front of his children. If you are a youth, you have to be committed in front of your friends in school. When you go to the mall. When you hang out with your friends. You have to be committed because every second of your life. You need to shine, to bring hope, to bring encouragement to those who need it. When Paul preached the gospel, the Holy Spirit worked wonderfully in the life of all those people that were listening to him so that they would accept the message of salvation. First Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 6. Look what it says. You became imitators of us, of the Lord, for you have welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. 
Some people say that this trial that the Macedonian churches went through brought them to an extreme poverty. But they were poor. They have little to give, but they didn't use their poverty as an excuse not to give. These people gave abundantly. They gave more than they were supposed to give. It's sad that most of the time, believe it or not, most of the time, and even in this country, the people who give more are those who has lived, have little. Spurgeon uh, tell the story that this rich man sent a letter to him inviting him to come to his poor church to raise funds to pay a debt that the church has. And in the letter, this man write, Mr. Spurgeon, I have three houses. One with the ocean view, another one in the wood, and another one in the middle of the city. If you decide to come and preach in our church, you can stay in any of those houses. Spurgeon, he was a very direct man, wrote back, why don't you sell one of your house and pay the debt of the church? Commitment. These people, not only did they receive the word of God during great suffering, but they decided to imitate Paul's life. Becoming an example for everybody in the Macedonian region. They devoted themselves serving God. Waiting for the second coming of Christ like we are doing, right? I mean, you're waiting for the second coming of Christ, right? Just in case. Okay. But they're waiting for the second coming of Christ. But they, while they are waiting, they are sharing their faith with everybody. They are helping those that need it. They were going through a lot of suffering. A lot of suffering. But they didn't use their suffering not to serve Christ. Interesting, right? And if you read, look what happened. Joy came into their life. You are suffering. You have problems. Keep serving God. And you will find meaning in your life. Joy in your life. Because let's be honest. When you read the Bible, you see that the people that experience God every day, you know who were? Those that were doing God's will. Those were the people that felt the presence of God. And those were the people that felt God working with them 
and outside of them, they were doing something. Look for somebody in the Bible that God did something big or great. They just sleeping in their house, watching Netflix, you know, or texting. You're never going to feel God's presence. You're never going to feel God's powers, the transformation of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're never going to do this. The Holy Spirit wants to bring you out into the field. And in there, you're going to find meaning to your life. A lot of Christians, you know, they don't want to come to church. And let's be honest. Some of you come to church because your mother, your father forced you. Or your wife. You know. Others came because they really love God. But without being committed to God, you're never going to experience what is really what it means to walk with God. Never going to experience that. You can't come warm your seat or the, you know, the, the, the pew. Nice church. But Spirit of God, the presence of God in your life, the only way for you to experience that, it is doing his will and being active, committed in his kingdom. How, how can we explain this generosity and fervent desire of this believer to give so much? Well, first five, second Corinthians, you don't have to put it, Steve, but just if you are reading the Bible. Verse 5. Look what it says. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. You hear that? It wasn't money. They gave themselves first to the Lord. In the Bible, we find so many Youth being used by God because they were willing. They gave their life to the Lord. Giving yourself your whole body, mind, and soul to the Lord, it is the first way in which your spiritual commitment Manifest. So they get they get money. They participated with the church, with the ministry, and all those things. They surrendered their life to you know to be used by the Holy Spirit. But they gave themselves. It is good. It is extremely good to give money to support different ministry, missionary, 
feeding the hungry, all the things, it is good. And God is calling us to do those things. But remember this. More than money, God wants you in the field physically, working in the field. We cannot pay others to do our ministry for us. We can't. Uh, let me write this check for the church, you know, here. Let me put it here. I, I finish. No, 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 no. You cannot send somebody to go and worship God in your place. You have to come. You need to do your part. No matter your age, if you are five, remember, five is a little bit too much, right? <laughs> if, if you are 10, 12, 14, 15, no matter what kind of education you have, your background, God wants to use you as an important tool in His hands. Remember, you are important. In God's hands. And he wants to use you. Do you want to know God's wills? Wonderful. But remember this. In the Bible. The will of God. It is that every believer. Share the good news of the gospel. To all unbelievers. That is something that you cannot avoid. God wants you to share the good news with those who don't know Christ. The gospel that Paul preached to them led them to understand that their lives no longer belong to them. They saw in the way that Paul lived his own life. And they imitated Paul's life. They saw the commitment that this guy has for Christ. And they, because they heard the gospel. And they saw the example of Paul living the Christian life. They say, this is how I am supposed to live. I am supposed to be like this man that it is preaching this gospel. And this never going to change. In the church, if the leaders of the church are not committed with God's kingdom, the church member will not be committed. If your children don't see you committed with the gospel of Christ, they will not follow Christ the way that you want. People need somebody to show them how we are supposed to live as a Christian. Verse 5. There's a kid word. 
and then to us. The, the New International say, also to us. They gave themselves to Christ, but then they understood, now I had to serve my brothers and sisters. The Christian life, it is serving one another. We cannot forget about this. Paul found to, this, to his great liking that these believers in this church not only gave the insert to the Lord, but also to Paul's ministry. Every time that Paul needed help, they were willing to do it. They want to do it. They didn't complain. They say, yes, we're going to help. What it is that you need, Paul? Yes, we're going to do it. We want to participate. In this life, you will find a lot of committed people. Athletes, musicians, politicians that spend time, hours that you cannot imagine just because they want to get something. If you have the time, and I don't know if you like basketball, if you have the time, watch the uh, documentary, uh, name it The Last Dance. And this is about Michael Jordan. And this is how this guy, this man, was so committed to be a winner, to be the number one best basketball player. That when he came to this team, his commitment, his dedication to the sport inspired the rest of the team. And the rest of the team, you know, that we know that they decided to practice more because they wanted to imitate him. The way that they used to think changed. And this commitment of this man led this whole team to win. Six championships, one after another. Before that, no other team was able to do it. The Chicago Bulls team were the first one who did it. In the 1960s, a young American man wrote a letter to his girlfriend because he wanted to... He wanted to... Um, Break the relationship. Thank you, Steve. You know, um, th this pastor went to preach to this new church. And while he was preaching, and he said, um, can you get me a glass of milk? I don't drink water. I want milk. So the usher had to go to the basement. He was angry. Why does pastor want milk? And he was angry for some reason. Don't ask me why. He has a bottle of whiskey with him. So in the milk, he put a lot of whiskey. He bring it to the pastor. The pastor drink. He start preaching and he drink. 
and he's preaching, and he's drinking. There was one moment that the pastor said, God bless this cow. <laughs> In the 1960s, these uh, uh, um, young men decided to break his relationship with, uh, with his girlfriend. And he write a letter explaining to her that the reason that he wanted to break the relationship is because he decided to follow the uh, communist uh, uh, movement. And I want to read the letter. We communists die all the time. They shoot us. They hang us. They imprison us. Make fun of us. Fire us from our jobs. And the government make our lives impossible in many ways. A percentage of us die and we live in great poverty. We give to the Communist Party all the money we have left over. We communists do not have the money or the time to go to the movies or to eat in restaurants or to have a nice house or a new car. They say we are fanatics, and yes, we are. Our lives are dominated by a great truth, the struggle of the masses to establish a global communism. We communists have a philosophy of life that no amount of money could buy. We have a cause to fight. We have a truly clear purpose in life. We subordinate our personal desires so that we can promote a great global movement. There is one thing I am profoundly serious about, and it is the cause of communism. Communism is my life, my business, my religion, my hobby, my lover, my wife, my food and drink. All day, I dedicate myself to this cause, and I, in the night, I dream about it. Therefore, I cannot have a friendship, a crush, not even a conversation without all related to this cause that it is guiding and driving my life. I have already been in jail for this cause, and if it is necessary, I am willing to die for it. Single ladies, do not, do not date a communist man. Let's be honest. We need more Christians with this kind of commitment, right? There's this idea that being a Christian is just coming to church on Sunday. And that we are Christian because God is going to give us something back. But during the rest of the week, when we leave church, we are not committed to living the Christian life. In fact, we even forget what the pastor was preaching us to us during the service. God is expecting 
for us to live our daily life as an example of a committed Christian. In the reality, it is that life, the Christian life, requires absolute commitment. In fact, Christ himself said that if you want to follow him, if you want to be his disciple, you have to be fully committed to him. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, look what he said. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying that our eyes, our daily lives, should be fixated in Him, in heaven. Everything that we do, it is looking to heaven. I cannot allow worry, relationship, my job. I cannot allow the coronavirus to take away my eyes from Jesus. I cannot allow it. Paul, in Philippians 3, verse 10 and 14, and listen to this. Look how committed he was. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in death. And so somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heaven for in Christ Jesus. How is your spiritual commitment with the Lord? Our spiritual commitment is what indicates what kind of Christian we are. I want to finish reading together the whole congregation and me. Philippians chapter 1, verse 11, verse 9 and 11. Oh, it is right here. Let's read it together. And this is my prayer. Together, please. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight 
fill it with the fruit of righteousness that come through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This should be our prayer. That Christ should be first in everything that we do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this moment we are asking your Holy Spirit to awaken on us a commitment life to you, to your kingdom. That during the whole week we start this exploration to know which task you are asking us to do individually. And that we can come to this stage in life to dedicate our life completely, fully committed to you, O Lord. In Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.